This is a CNA podcast. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Welcome aboard to Health Matters. On today's edition, taking a look at lymphoma. Why? World Lymphoma Day is happening on the 15th of September. On today's edition, we're zooming in on what's said to be the most common lymphoma. It's known as diffuse large cell or diffuse large B cell lymphoma uh, or DLBCL for short, and it can present as a rapidly growing mass or enlarged lymph nodes. What's the latest being done to tackle this? We're finding out more as I welcome back to the program Dr. Lim Si, Medical Director of the Center for Clinical Hematology and a Senior Consultant in Hematology. Dr. Lim, it's good to talk to you in person, face-to-face as well. How are you? So wonderful. Always wonderful to be back here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolute pleasure. Before we start zooming in on DLBCL itself, can you talk to me about whether this is the case? There is a, there's actually a family of lymphomas? There are yeah. various lymphomas? Yeah, so let's maybe start talking about lymphoma first. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, lymphoma is amongst blood cancers. Yeah. Lymphoma is the most common form of blood cancers. Mm. And when you rank it in terms of the top 10 cancers in Singapore, it's probably number five, fifth most common form of cancer amongst men and women in Singapore. So wow. it's lymphoma is common. It involves the lymph glands of our body. So our lymphs are a network of uh, nodes in our body. We feel it sometimes when we have infections and things, but the lymph nodes are sentinels which protect us from infections. Mm -hmm. But occasionally they go rogue. So these cells turn into, that's when it gets lymphoma. You can get swollen glands, as you said, and things from that point of view. And it's it's relatively common in Singapore. It's estimated probably at around 1,000 people per year in Singapore diagnosed with lymphoma. Yeah, so it's a significant number. And of the subtype we're talking about, which is the most common form, the diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, which is what we call a high-grade lymphoma, that accounts for around 30% of all the lymphomas. So roughly 300 or so people in Singapore are diagnosed with a high-grade lymphoma, one a day, potentially. Wow. Why? Why, the, why this particular? That, that, that's the question that everyone asks and the one question yeah. that we don't really understand. I mean, there's the, the some things which can increase your risk of getting lymphoma, certainly uh, certain infections, such as uh, EBV infections, mm. certain stomach infections, for example, H. pylori. Uh, smoking, as usual, can increase the risk of that. But in many cases, we don't really understand why people get lymphoma. Oh, wow. It just happens. Uh, bad luck sometimes, that's yeah. what we say. From yeah. H. pylori is related to it as well. In some forms, it can trigger the formation of lymphoma because it's in the gastric lining. Uh-huh. Yeah, so so it can occasionally be one of the causes of lymphoma. Wow. Okay. I need to do a show on H. pylori. It's been a while since mm. I touched on that. Very common in Singapore, unfortunately. So, what are we talking about in terms of the nature? You you, you describe this as a high grade lymphoma. Is this more severe? Is this more challenging to deal with? Yeah. So, high grade lymphomas. Uh, very simply, it means that these cells grow much faster mm. in general. So I think the symptoms which patients present with are far more aggressive. Okay. Uh, common things are lymph node swelling. So swelling of glands under your neck and armpits on your groin, for example, and they grow larger. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you have a cough and cold, you can get small lymph node swellings. But lymphoma, the glands tend to persistently increase in size. Mm. They can also increase inside your body internally. So people can get problems if it's growing inside your abdomen, for example. It can cause obstruction severe abdominal pain, for example, in the lungs, it could cause breathlessness from there. So a variety of symptoms can happen. And patients can get what we call additional constitutional B symptoms as well. So patients can present with fevers, uh-huh. uh, night sweats, weight loss as well. 
Uh, many other things can cause this as well. So not for the viewers, not everything. Exactly. When you, doesn't yeah. mean you have lymphoma. But if these things are prominent, it does. These are triggers for you to maybe seek some medical help to get, get this clarified. Because besides the swelling of the lymph nodes, some of the other things you described, quite nonspecific and things that people would ignore probably. Uh, exactly. I yeah. mean, so, so I think, yeah, many cases, this could be just an infection of some sort. Yeah. Uh, but occasionally it happens to be lymphoma. So... The general rule is that if these symptoms persist, uh, something's wrong. Yeah. So you should seek some help, medical attention, just to clarify it from there. Where are we today, Dr. Lim? What is the, how, how successful are we able to deal with DLBCL? So, yeah, so it's, uh, again, to put in context, 30% of lymphomas are DLBCL. Yes. And the treatments have improved significantly over the last 20 years. So okay. while the incidence of lymphoma globally is slowly increasing, mm. even in Singapore, the treatments have improved as well from Good. there. So the, the main forms of treatment we have for DLBCL nowadays involve still a backbone of chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, we have newer drugs which we augment chemotherapy. So these are targeted therapies, uh, drugs, a uh, class of drugs called monoclonal antibodies, which specifically recognize lymphoma cells, mm -hmm. which trigger lymphoma. And the advantage with targeted therapy is one, they're far more specific, mm -hmm. uh, far more potent as such, but potentially less side effects. And we're able to give less chemotherapy because we're able to give more of these targeted therapies. So that's been a big big game changer over the last 20 years in how we treat patients with lymphoma and such that nowadays patients who present with high-grade lymphoma, DLBCL, 70% or so of patients can be cured or, not, or at least the disease can be largely cleared with, with that. But unfortunately, around 30% of, pa of patients, the lymphoma can come back with time from there. Traditionally, when we talked about um, targeted therapies, it's always been seen to, it was always in the publications and research papers, more successful for the blood type cancers, for the some of the skin cancers as well. These, these are very good rates for the lymphomas. Is lymphoma is one of those where traditionally targeted therapies will respond very well? Uh, yeah, yeah. Targeted ther therapies are, well, we, we give it very often nowadays because they work very well. Yeah. Well tolerated from that point of view. Uh, very well-proven uh, efficacy. I mean, some of them have given for a long time and there's some newer monoclonal antibodies which have come out in the last few years which uh, have allowed us to even have even better success rates up front. Mm. So we tend to say when we're fighting lymphoma, we want to sometimes in these cases, because the success rates are so good, we want to make sure that we give our, our best drugs if possible when appropriate up front to make sure it doesn't come back. Because when it comes back, that's when it gets more challenging. But again, when you say things like, you know, up to 70% of people can respond positively and we can try and clear it amongst this group of DLBCL patients, does everything depend on at what stage we're talking about here as well? Um, yes, the factors which affect how well how, how well you respond to treatment, yeah. of course. I mean, but overall, the response rates are good now. Mm. I mean, there's some patients with very high-grade aggressive lymphoma, so high stage with a lot of disease burden, for example, and some subtypes within the high-grade lymphomas, which may have a more difficult time responding. Yeah. And nowadays, with our understanding of the genetics of the disease and what we call gene expression profiling and things, we're now able to actually predict sometimes some patients who may do a bit more, bit more, less favorably with mm. the treatment and our treatment for those patients may have to be tailored a bit more. Uh, but overall, irregardless of the stage, you know, a lot of patients do present, unlike liver cancer or breast cancer, many patients present with stage three and four yeah. uh, disease for lymphoma. And one of the messages we always tell patients is that unlike some of these solid tumors, even if you have stage three and four lymphoma, the, the, rate, the, the chances of us clearing the disease or getting good control still remains very high. 
And you don't have to be, because with some other therapies, you have to be a specific gene type or gene mutation has to be present. Or this is quite applicable for most patients with DLBCR. Yeah, so the, the targeted therapies we talk about generally target the B cells. So, so high-grade lymphomas generally are a type of cancer which involves the B cells exactly. uh, in, in the lymphoma. Mm -hmm. And so all these drugs hit the B cells. So irregardless of the subtype, uh, they will have some effect from there. You talked about us being able to potentially clear it for, for, for patients in, in many of these cases with some good response and combination approaches like you just described. What is the likelihood of a lymphoma or DLBCL lymphoma returning? Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, it doesn't, we would love it to treat everyone, mm. cure everyone, but unfortunately, we do see relapse rates. It's around 30% in general ah. uh, from there. So it can be some patients that can come back very aggressively very early on, where some patients that come back one to two years later from there. But that's the rate that we do see of a disease recurrence. And again, the treatments we have for patients where the disease recurs have changed significantly over time as well. Is that right? Yeah. So over the previously, historically, it's been giving more chemotherapy, what we call salvage chemotherapy, okay. which is more chemotherapy, stronger chemotherapy with that point of view, yeah. to try to clear them. And occasionally we may have to offer them a bone marrow transplant. Mm. Yeah. We still do that for some patients from there, but increasingly we have new new tools, new, uh, new weapons on, uh, on our hand to treat lymphoma. So... There's a sort of paradigm shift, maybe a bit less away from chemotherapy for many patients nowadays. Uh, when patients who relapse maybe once or twice nowadays, so they're newer drugs. So on top of the targeted therapy drugs, when yeah. you have drugs such as immunotherapy drugs. Right. So the drugs such as which involve how we stimulate the patient's own immune system mm -hmm. so that they can more effectively kill, kill these cancer cells. So there are a class of drugs which are called bispecific antibody drugs, which... Uh, instead of uh, your typical monoclonal antibody drugs, which just, just hit one target, they can hit two targets oh. and mobilize the patient's immune system. Teach your and, own immune system to fight off the yes, cancer. Yes, so, so yeah, exactly. So, so help, help your immune system to recognize and kill the cancer. Mm. And there's this new class of drugs, which you probably have heard of, called CAR T-cell therapy as well, which is a chimeric antigen therapy, which is, again, a type of immune, immune, immune therapy where we take patient cells we genetically modify them, uh, arm them with special receptors on the surface so they become super killer cells. And yes. when we give it back to the patients, they can be far more effective in terms of treating high-grade lymphoma. Yeah. Oh, so, so that's useful for lymphomas as well? Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's one of the big indications is for B-cell lymphomas, oh, high-grade B-cell lymphomas. Yeah. It's wonderful that we have this widening armamentarium. It just means more options for a wider group of people. Yeah. Potentially. Obviously, the biggest problem now is still cost and we have to get that down. And the more people use it, hopefully the cost will return and lower as well. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Cost, cost is important. And, and so one of the key things which is important is always actually sometimes I think the best shot you have at treating cancer sometimes the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think when you diagnose someone with a patient, diagnose someone with a uh, lymphoma up front choosing the right combination of drugs and sometimes in subtypes which are more aggressive, making sure that we treat it more aggressively so that we get the best outcome up front. Because mm -hmm. once, as I said, once patients relapse from there, I think it becomes a more challenging uh, process from there. Yes, there are still good treatments available, but once yes. patients relapse and if they multiply relapse, quite often they are physically, they're less, less, less robust from mm -hmm. there and, you know, and you mentioned costs cost do increase as we go along from there. So sometimes we want to try to optimize the 70% or 70 plus percent of patients. And yeah. hopefully with the new treatments, maybe we can increase that percentage right. even more over time. That's what we're hoping to achieve as a community. Final point, can we prevent lymphoma? Um, I would love to say we could, yeah. uh, but it's about risk reduction with everything. With all, all sorts of cancers I know what we talk about. Yes. So, I mean, 
healthy diet, exercise, sleep are all things which help to reduce your risk of all-cause cancers from that point of view. I know my listener is sick of hearing that, but the truth is it has wide effects. The point is it works. It's, it's, hard, hard, it's harder hard to sometimes do. to do that, yeah. but actually it's the most effective way of uh, preventing anything. Yeah. Good health, uh, as well as examination. So if you suddenly notice that you have swelling of your uh. lymph glands, small lymph glands swelling when you have fever or something, please don't freak out or worry too much. But if you have swelling of your glands and they persist, they get more prominent and you have other symptoms as we described before, the fevers, night sweat, weight loss, then please see a doctor to mm. just get it clarified from there just to make sure that's not nothing there. Yeah. It may not be lymphoma, it could be infection, but it's important to just clarify that. Dr. Lim, this has been great. Thank you so much for sharing with my listeners today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. My guest on the program, Dr. Lim Suyi, is medical director of the Center for Clinical Hematology and a senior consultant in hematology. I'm Daniel Martin for Health Matters. Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.